0: So, you think you want to work in factual TV. So did we. And here we are, making a podcast all about the different roles in creating television. Maybe you're just starting out, or hoping to move up the career ladder. And I it because I just knew that that's what I wanted more than anything. I'm Lisa Fairbank. And I'm Julie Heathcote. The voice of reason. ideas people. And we've got a lot, a huge amount of experience producing award-winning TV shows. It might not be realistic, it might not hit you're that channel. You're always so keen on that. Join us as we get the inside scoop on the reality of working in television. Anyone there's no glamour and stay tuned to the end of each episode where we ask our guests for their five top tips for career success so harry tip number four
1: (laughs) (laughs) i tried i really tried i'm sorry
0: here we are again julie about to chat to the very brilliant amy errington who is an assistant producer She's certainly worked on some great TV shows, Escape to the Country and The 9 to 5 with Stacey Dooley amongst them, as well as a ton of shows with us at Factory. And it's probably best if we give everyone a bit of a heads up on a few acronyms before we launch into this episode. Okay, so APD is a producer director, NSP is a series producer and DOP is director of photography. So hello, Amy. Thank you for coming and being on our podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Amy, you are an assistant producer.
1: Can you tell us a little bit what that job involves? I think what the role of AP is, is it's a supportive role. So I always think that the the people just above you, the PDs, are shouldering a lot of responsibility. And so as the AP, you're kind of the eyes and ears and the things that they all the things that they can't do because they've just already got so much on so it means that you are now kind of involved in the what I'd call the good jobs the fun jobs all the editorial stuff and that's great but there are jobs that you think you know you might think you've left behind at researcher or even run a level but actually if you're in a small team they're still your responsibility and they're still it's as important to work out where you're having lunch as it is to be chipping in with story points it's always about the lunch always about lunch and parking it's mainly about lunch and parking i think it's just important not to but those are still your responsibility your your job is to make your producer or your pd or your director or your sp whoever's life as easy as possible so as well as doing all the big stuff you've got to remember all the little stuff too
0: what then, for you, would be the differences between being a researcher and then an assistant producer? So, for clarity, lest people don't know, um, you know, you potentially be a runner, and they may maybe a production assistant, and then a junior researcher, mm. and people at that point they're all aspiring to be um, the assistant producer. But uh, uh, what would you think were the differences between being a researcher and an AP? I think having
1: more confidence and conviction in your own ideas and in your own abilities, definitely. And I think taking your own initiative more and just knowing when to imply it, sometimes it's a great time to chip in with your own ideas and sometimes it's not the best time. And I think think a good AP knows and can sense when it would be appreciated and when actually just to stay quiet. APs quite often bridge sort of
0: editorial and production, don't they? Mm. They're having conversations with production managers and production coordinators about logistics and Mm. travel and how that's all going to work. But equally, having conversations with PDs and series producers about contributors and editorial and filming locations. So you are sort of bridging it all and how did you get how did you get to this role
1: Amy? So I had been a researcher for a couple of years and I felt like I'd kind of achieved everything in that role that I was looking for more responsibility and I I knew I felt ready to step up so I did my usual kind of coming coming to be available email round to everybody that I'd ever worked with ever And um, obviously mentioned that I was looking to step up and explained briefly why I thought that was the case. And then a producer that I'd worked with in the past posted on Facebook that she was looking for APs. And I remember thinking that it wasn't the perfect opportunity, as in it wasn't my dream kind of show in terms of genre to work on. But because I'd worked with the producer before, because we got on well, I thought, well, that's probably a good way to get that first AP credit. Um, so she put me forward to the series producer, had an interview and got the
0: job. So I suppose that requires, it's a little bit of flexibility, isn't it? To, to kind of take the hit of doing something that may not be the the area of television that you're yeah. most interested in. How but... did you get into
1: telly in the first place, Amy? And yeah, why? Oh, it's a good question. I completely, I kind of did completely fall into it because somebody that I went to high school with um, was working on The X Factor and... Um, the auditions were in Manchester and I was at Manchester University and she'd posted on Facebook that they needed people to just come along and help out with the auditions. And I got the bug because it was just a lot of being nice to people and making things happen and saying yes and remembering stuff. And I remember thinking, oh, I can do this and I think I can do it well. And it's, yeah, it's taken a lot of those kind of personable skills that I've already got. And then I don't think I cemented my desire to actually work in TV until I'd got kind of two or three credits under my belt and really understood what that would mean because I don't think I'd really considered it too much up until I kind of got in. You just meet people from every walk of life. It widens your own perspective. You, You know, you end up in some mad situations. Like, I'm a massive theatre lover and for example working with you guys has got me backstage at some of the biggest theatres in London but it was a huge pleasure and privilege
0: and it is a privilege we get to ask people questions about their lives Mm. we get access to places that other people don't go to you're right i think it is
1: incredibly sort of it is a privilege to the variety of people and places we get to go and if you're nosy which i am like the idea that you could like especially if you're in casting the idea that you could ring somebody up and within five minutes of speaking to them get them to tell you their life story is just great (laughs) why would you not want to do that and what were you doing at university amy I did a like a film and TV degree, um, but it was really theoretical. So there were only a couple of practical modules and um, I was such a control freak that I realised that if I did the practical modules, I'd have to rely on other people for my grade, which at that point in time, I just couldn't cope with. So I didn't take that many of them. And I think if I went back in time and knew that I wanted to work in TV, I would have joined the TV society or, you know the student tv channel or whatever but i didn't yeah i didn't do any of that which i probably should have done and probably would have been helpful
0: but did you start as a runner a junior researcher a system what did you what did you start off as
1: i started off as a runner slash logger and i actually think the logging side of it was really really helpful you saw all of the footage that was being shot you heard the PD interviewing, even if you weren't, you know, physically there when it was happening. Because more often than not, as a as a runner, if there was a like a master interview going on, you're not in the room, you're off getting coffee, or you're coordinating taxis, or you're, you know, just doing other stuff. Whereas if you're logging it, you're hearing how questions are being phrased, you're um following a producer's train of thought, you're looking at the shots that um a DOP or a PD or a director or whoever is captured to, you know, to go alongside that interview. So I think editorially, that was a really useful role. What sort of a type of person or personality of person that makes for a good AP? I think, I mean, it's a lot of what makes anybody good at working in TV, but organised, personable, good at taking direction, but also happy to work independently. And I think that if you're Whoever you're working directly underneath, whether that's a casting producer or a PD, they are calling the shot and they will have their way of working. And you have to be a bit malleable. Like you, there'll be things that you would rather, you know, wait, ways and means of going about things that you would rather it worked in one way. But at the end of the day, they're, they're calling the shots. There's a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. And I think the best APs are malleable to kind of blend the way they work with the way that the producer or the director works so that you can support them best. And obviously the best producers and directors will take into account ways that you like to work as well. But I do think that at the end of the day, it's you kind of have to slot in. And what about the freelance part of it? How do you find that? And do you think that is a sort of a downside of being an AP? There's definitely pros and cons. I think the, I don't know, is it, I don't know if it's the downside of being an AP or just TV generally. Um, It can be tough. And I always find it hard to know whether I've taken the right thing because sometimes you, you know, say yes to something and then you see other things pop up or somebody else messages you or contacts you about something and you think, oh God, would that have been better? But I think if you can, if you can recognise in whatever role you've done or whatever job you've taken if you can recognise what you've learned and hopefully you've learned something then it's it's probably never a bad decision and i think crucially in freelance life you should really really try not to compare yourself to what other people are doing and i i think that's a, is really difficult but you'll drive yourself mad
0: that is a really good point amy well made and um, my other Questions because because actually it's changed so much in the last few years, and um, is about filming as an AP because it didn't used to be a huge part of the role. It wasn't, in fact, it wasn't part of the role. Um, but how important is it today, the ability
1: to uh, pick up a camera and film? I think crucial. I just, there's just no way around it. And because you, the job that you're in training, if you're a, like a location AP, the job that you're in training for is producer, director, and you just so rarely see now a camera operator, a producer, um, a sound recordist all out for a jolly together. What you have is a PD who does the lot. So I think it's totally crucial. So how common is it, do you think, for women to be in those shooting
0: AP roles and just to be filming generally these days?
1: I've been really lucky and worked with some amazing female pds i've actually worked with quite a lot of female pds and i don't know if that is having worked for companies like factory that are female led right you know rightly or wrongly that does seem to be the case the female companies will maybe work a little harder to make
0: sure because i know we do yeah. to, to make sure that we are um, equally employing women if not employing more women and certainly trying to employ women in more technical um roles I think it's
1: time to do our top five tips. Number one, I would say, is that thing of doing the thing that the PD or the producer can't, whether that's small or big. So that whether that's sorting out the lunch or organising the spreadsheet or it's chipping in when they're producing a scene, big or small, do the things that they can't do. Remember all the little things that they might not be able to do.
0: Now I think that's a good tip, Amy, and it, you are absolutely right. As once you, as a director, it's brilliant working with APs or researchers that are that are one step ahead of you. I always think it's a little bit like you have to think that if you were producing and directing, what would you be doing next? You're almost
1: shadowing the job you want, aren't yeah. you? Okay, number two, detail and remembering everything. Particularly in like brainstorms, people might throw out ideas and you think to yourself, Oh, I mean, that's never going to matter. That's just such a tiny thing. And nine times out of 10, it does. Well, I learned that the hard way when somebody said that we were going to make a sequence out of a teenager not having removed their false nails, And I was told I needed to find a nail file. And I thought, oh God, that, that's just such a small thing. It'll never happen. Blah, blah, blah. And then obviously I spent a Sunday morning running around like the banking district of London where there are no shops looking for a nail file. So the details matter and it'll probably come back to bite you in the bum. So just remember everything, write it all down and, you know, do do it all. And then if it's not needed, it's fine. But if it is needed, you've done it.
0: Yeah, well done. You're yeah. absolutely right. And it yeah. is detail. We we find that with people working for us. Sometimes it, you can almost get carried away working in television. It's great fun. I'm out on shoots, wherever else. But it's still about
1: every small detail is important. Okay, number three. Ship number three, please. Okay, so kind of related, but back up your backups. No location is confirmed and no contributor is cast until you are standing there filming them. So just don't assume, especially if you've got something for free. I would just always back it up. So if you've got the time and you've got one location, just, just have another one in your back pocket just in case. Like don't Don't assume you've sorted it just because the first person you've asked has said yes.
0: Yeah, that is such a good one, Amy. And also you will <laughs> never... Um, be forgotten like if you've got if that mm-hmm. happens and it will happen in everybody's career and mm-hmm. then the, a, the AP turns to you and goes actually I do have a plan B let me make a call you're like mm-hmm. I will love you forever you will Perfect. work me for all time thank, thank you, you. Yeah. I think you're right and, and contributors especially and especially mm-hmm. quite a lot of what we do is asking people to do us favours because yeah. we're always trying to blag things for cheap or for free or mm-hmm. to people to turn up or in the evenings or weekends to do things so it's not that people are flaky it's just that we're not necessarily their priority
1: so yeah that is a good one okay amy tip number four being proactive like do what you've been asked to do but then some more have the ideas up your sleeve and then if you are asked for an idea or some input you've got something to say and if you're not then you quietly let it slide and you think well i'll save that for another time spot on love it and finally tip number five I think that thing of being malleable and being um, adaptable to how the rest of the team want to work. I think, you, I think you just need to work out how everybody else works and what they need and slot in and try not to get frustrated. Um, or at least don't show your frustration if people don't quite work in the same way that you do. Because, you know, one day you'll be the producer and then you can get everybody to work how you want to work. <laughs>
0: love it. Right. That is true. Absolutely right. Amy, thank you so much. That has been um, extremely illuminating. Thank you. Thank you. That is all solid advice. Yes. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of Is TV for Me? We'd love you to join us again. And there's lots more info on our website or check us out on Instagram. And do listen out for more from us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I love you.